You're listening to the Commercial Finance Podcast by Lee Chandler, where we discuss industry insights, tips about lending, capital finance, business acquisitions. The worst investment you can have is cash. Real estate acquisitions. Your financial advice depends on who you are. And everything in between. This is the Commercial Finance Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, we are excited. I'm excited. Hank, are you are you excited? Oh no, I'm I'm a little ambivalent this morning. Okay. <laughs> so, um, something I think is pretty interesting, as you as you guys can see here, we're we're talking about an article that was sent to us a couple days ago, if not probably yesterday, right? Um, so Sunday. Much. I want to say Sunday evening. Okay, maybe Sunday evening. All right, so a couple of days ago. Yeah, but it doesn't um, matter, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, um, we want to share this article with you guys. I want to put the link in the description, et cetera, et cetera. And you guys can um, also, you know, look at look at it as well. But this is pretty interesting. So, Hank, when you read this article, or I guess when you saw the article come across and you opened it up and you saw this page, right, just where mm-hmm. we are right now, um tell us your thoughts and then describe what you what what you interpreted um to the audience well at first you know i'm I'm going like okay somebody sent me something and so i said okay i'll be i'll, I'll go ahead i'll humor whomever and i clicked on it and i saw this and i'm going okay different incomes okay all right fine we all have different incomes but then all of a sudden I started to focus in on, on the, not the facial characteristics, cause that doesn't bother me. It was the income level for each of these people. And I'm going like, hmm, interesting. So I put it aside and then I went back and I picked it up and then I started to read sort of the, the and I'm gonna call it the lifestyle of the four different people. And that's when it hit me. I think, and I'm going to make a generalization that people are going to, you know, they'll challenge me, which is okay. I like being challenged. But for the individual who makes a million dollars, his basically his life is good. You know, he he can he can pay cash for anything because he's making three hundred thousand plus a year, some some crazy amount. He owns his own business, this this that and the other, and he can basically do anything that he wants to do, and he's and he is comfortable. And he has no idea. He, the thought never crosses his mind of going without. He, he could care. He doesn't worry about where he's going to get $4.17 to pay for a gallon of gas. He's not worrying about whether or not his kid's going to go to pride. He doesn't worry about any of that. His lifestyle is in place. And he's got savings and he's got retirement. He's good. I'm going to go to the other end of the spectrum where someone is almost homeless, destitute, making $7.35 an hour. And of that $7.35 an hour, he's spending $100 a week on groceries. And he's worried about where his next meal is going to come from. He's concerned about whether or not his kids have shoes to wear or clothes to wear or 
He doesn't know when he's going to make his next car note, all of those things. And he's wishing, what if I were a millionaire? And the millionaire is not even thinking about what if I were poor. And then the individuals in the, in the, in the, in the meantime, the 250,000, that's a person who's upper middle class. And the person who's making 53,000 is average income for a family. And then you've got someone who's on the poverty line. And, and, and normally, normally, those are the four categories of people that we deal with. There's a fifth category, though. And that is the ultra wealthy. Well, there's the mega wealthy, then the ultra wealthy. And, and, and those guys, I think for, for those guys, they think about being the richest person, not just in America or in their hometown or what have you, being the richest in the world. And here's the crazy thing about it. You got a title of being the richest, but you can't take one dime with you to heaven or hell. So I don't know whether that's where you wanted me to go with this, Leland, but it's but it it caused me to think because I know I know what it's like to have to really, really, really budget. The poverty guy doesn't think about a budget, he's just thinking about his next bill, and he doesn't have one. And the 53,000 person still has to budget because he's got he's got to really, really manage and massage. The 250 person is still managing and massaging and trying to determine which investments to do and whether or not they'll be able to pay for this kid's college. All of those things are happening. It's a different type of mindset, a different type of mentality, a different type of strategy, a different frame. It's a different framework from which we are playing this checkerboard or this chess game of life. And then the millionaire. Hey, he wants a new car, he pays cash for it. And if he wants another new car, he pays cash for it. He wants, if he wants a summer home someplace, he can basically pay cash for it. So I think it's, aside from the struggles that they have, I would, I'm, I'm sitting back and trying to figure out what type of night do they have? We know what kind of life they have, but what kind of night do they have? And I'm going to let that, that, that one sink in for a little bit. When I first got this article, um, I opened it, I, you know, pressed the link and, um, When I saw the headline and I saw the uh, the four individuals that are in front of us, I immediately, it did not cross my mind one bit that the individual who's earning uh, $250,000, a quarter, a quarter of a million, it did not cross my mind that that person uh, did that by having a job. Um, the individual earning a million a year, it did not cross my mind again that he was earning a job, that he had a job. Mm. Uh, the individual with $53,000 um, a year, I immediately thought that person had, had a career. Uh, the poverty line, 
Um, I believe that I immediately thought that person had a job as well, but not a career per se, but mm. a job where okay. doing it's hourly. So what I found was what I thought was, so that was initially what I thought. As I went through and, and read um, all four individuals and they all, they, you know, they asked them all the same questions. Like, you know, everyone gave a different response on and on. Um, what I found very interesting was that only one out of the four actually views retirement or actually thinks about retirement on an on, on a ongoing basis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe I should, let me say a little, little better. Only one of these four gentlemen during their interview mentioned a 401k. <laughs> You're right. And what's interesting is, that, as I know that yesterday in our discussion, at the very end of, the, end of, our, of our discussion, we talked about a lady who retired at 50, had to come back at 53, yada, yada. And I gave the example about the average individual, the average household income of $53,000. Uh -huh. How that equates to after taxes to being about 33000 right? Or 31000 So it was interesting just to find out that only one of these gentlemen, only one of these men actually viewed the 401k as an end-all be-all. Now, what's crazy as well is the gentleman who had, who earns 53000 a year, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say he lives in Brooklyn. Uh -huh. He lives in Brooklyn. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, he lives in Brooklyn. At the time of this writing, or the time of this interview, um, housing prices in Brooklyn, yes, for a small property is about was was half a million. Now, less than ten years later, that same property is worth two million dollars. So, if he wasn't if he wasn't able to you know quote unquote afford the, the home that was half a million, he's not going to be able to afford the, the the home that's two and a half or three million dollars. Absolutely, right. Uh, he mentioned that he would love to stay in Brooklyn. There's no way in hell that's going to happen. Um, not with the household income of $53,000. So what I also found very interesting is between the four of these gentlemen, uh, the gentleman on the poverty line, he was like, look, I can't even think about retirement. That doesn't that is, that is, that is even sound like, that doesn't even sound realistic to me. Uh, 53 said, hey, retirement sounds great. And I'm, I'm steady putting away in my 401k. The two, men, the two men on the left, the million and quarter million, when retirement was brought up, the, the, the man to the far left says, I don't plan on necessarily stop working per se. And that's because I plan on having assets that I can still be somewhat active in up until uh -huh. the age of 90. Uh-huh, uh-huh. If I'm not mistaken, let me find exactly where that is. I don't, don't want to misquote either one of these gentlemen, uh, either one of these men, and give them a disservice. But he was like, look, I'm planning on, I plan on having my assets work for me, and I plan on being somewhat active or active enough to where um, I can still do this correctly. There we go. Until I'm 90. There he is. Okay. He says, 
I want to be done with that in five five to ten years. He's talking about his uh, his startup company that he just he just started. He said, but as far as working, investing in real estate, things of nature, you can do you can do that until you're ninety. Okay. So what that lets me know is for anyone who has, who has ever been in a, who has ever had a CPA and you own real estate, you'll notice that you get different tax benefits by being an active investor versus being a passive investor. Uh -huh. As long as you qualify by a, certain amount, by a certain amount of activities or hours per year, you qualify as a full-time investor. doesn't mean that that's your full-time job. Right. just means you qualify as a full-time investor, and therefore you get larger tax benefits. Okay? So that was a little nugget, and I'm not sure that most, most people who were reading the interview probably caught on. Uh, the next thing is when, they, when, it, when he mentioned or when they asked about, hey, what about you know, college for, for the children? He said, hey, listen, um, I set up a trust with my attorney on behalf of my children. Yep. And based on this trust, there's different milestones in this trust, including volunteering in the community, certain GPAs, and being a good citizen, in which they will be able to receive more money out of the trust. So that, lets, that also lets us know that this individual understood the importance of establishing and having a trust preserving wealth and making sure that it's maintained at least past one or two generations right mm -hmm. all the other interviews i didn't see that you know i didn't see that i mean if we go a little further the next gentleman with the retirement question he's like retirement no 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 i'm more concerned about me saving enough money so i can purchase a income producing apartment. Uh -huh. He was like, look, that right there is going to be retirement. He says, he says, hey, in 10 years time, I want to have $50,000 a month from apartment buildings and another 50,000 a month from the real estate business. A million, it says a million five per year is the goal. 1.5 million is the goal. Okay. So when they asked about retirement, when they asked about future plans with money, that was a mindset. When they ask the individual who qualifies as, um, I guess, would it be median income or, or we know this median income, but someone who, who qualifies as, as quote unquote middle class, the middle class gentleman says, hey, when it comes to retirement, I am looking, he says, yes, I am. Our company offers a 401k plan. And our union offers one, so I have two separate running retirement plans. Got to do it. I don't know how much is in there at the moment. Wow. This went back in, you know, the other day, Hank, you and I are talking. I'm like, hey, a lot of people choose to invest into those 401k plans, mm -hmm. IRA, whatever, or they choose to give their money to someone else to have them do something with it. Mm -hmm. they tell you what the heck is going on with it. right and this is just a prime example where they don't know what's in it they can't tell you the, they can't tell you the dollar amount that's there and their plan for that money is really to have someone else do something with it that they just hope is going to be better that's right that's right so go ahead Hank. i'm sorry no no i was just saying you, you're right and but I I think I 
think that for the most part, people do the best that they can with what they have to work with. They, yeah. they, they have a certain knowledge base, but they many of them stop stop planning. Uh, what's that cliche? It's not that people plan to fail; they they fail to plan. Um, and I think I was talking when when I was in high school. My goal was to just graduate from high school and get a job. When when I was in college, my goal was to graduate from college and get a job. The idea of being a millionaire didn't enter my mind because I didn't know any. The the the, the idea of of making a hundred thousand dollars a year in a job, I didn't think about it because there were no jobs available for me at the time that would do that. So eventually, whatever those aspirations were will will start to fade if there isn't if there isn't a vehicle, a, a vehicle that that could conceivably allow us to go beyond our mindset, our thinking, our our plan. And and um, and I think if we're not hanging around with the right people, if we're not thinking outside the box, if we're not thinking what if, if we're not finding a coach or a mentor who resembles what it is that you think you might want to be, then our then our limited our perspective, no, our, our thought process is limited. Our perspective is limited. And we just try to find a job and, and and stay there until retirement age, whatever the heck that means. Okay. And and that's why I thank you every day. Retired. I don't know what that means because I'm still active. I'm still I'm still scratching and sniffing, trying to ensure that the American dream that I heard of when I was a child becomes more and more a reality each and every day. Hang on, hang on a second for me, please. No problem. One thing I want to add as, as Hank's doing that is, I know that Marcus and Hank are going to, are going to have an, uh, a talking session in reference to active income and passive income. Oh yeah, we are. And yesterday I, I hinted to, to the audience that both active and passive are necessary. Now I want to give people a, a little, a little another clarification. Would we all agree that Warren Buffett is wealthy? Yes, mega wealthy. Okay. Would we all also agree that Warren Buffett, to some capacity, whether it's a few hours or a full hour or a full day, is active in his primary company of Berkshire Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, he's not just sitting on it. He's not sitting there, right? Right. Okay. Would we all agree that Jeff Bezos is wealthy? 
ultra wealthy? Well, we also all agree that although Jeff Bezos a couple years ago stepped down as CEO, but he is still an active member per the board for Amazon. Yes, he is. Okay. So again, we, we, we all agree that Mark Zuckerberg is wealthy. I think we, we kind of get the point. And the point is, even even when even when you have multiple assets, you don't have to necessarily uh, clock in every single day or work to the bone, that kind of thing. But there needs to be some type of activity, even if you're paying yourself a dollar salary, hint, hint, hint. Even if someone's paying someone a dollar themselves a dollar salary, there needs to be something of active income because the active income is what takes that burden of the taxation. Correct. The income from the from the assets are going to flow to you freely or freer than that of your active income. Yeah. And, and only two, only two of the four men here understood that enough. And you can tell that based on the answers that they gave. You know, that that was that was that was a powerful analogy, Leland. And if we don't know, know, touch, scratch, sniff, feel somebody that's doing much better than we, then we think we're at the top of the heap in our own little clique. And, and I remember playing, I didn't play high school sports, I didn't play college sports, but when I learned to play sports, initially nobody wanted to play with me. But as I learned the game, then I wanted to play with people who were better at it than I. So I started to associate with a different crowd of people. Same thing about success in life. Okay. Now, if, if like the first guy, you know, again, it doesn't talk about how he got his start, his start, he talks about where he is. But if he were the recipient of a trust fund, and in that environment, he understands the idea of active and passive income. He understands traditional versus alternate uh, investments. He, he, under, he understands that. He understands that you have to continue to prime the pump. That, that retirement per se is a misnomer because the, the guy who makes $7 He's, uh, you know, he's looking at minimum wage. He's looking at 65. There's this magic number of 65, and that's his goal. Yeah. And as we've said, the the six at, at 65, you now qualify for social insecurity. You know, he might get $1,500 a month, maybe 12, maybe 11. Not a lot of money. And he, at that point, he's saying, "I wish." I had, but the guy on the far left, when he gets to 65, he, he says, I still got 15, 20 more years to live and let me continue to increase the size of my nest egg. So he's still looking at ways, creative ways to increase his lot in life. Yeah. Only because he has experience, he has a proven track record, okay? And he probably hangs around with a group of people 
who sits down and says, hey, listen, Leland, man, I ran across this thing that might be of interest to you. You know, hey, listen, I'm going to invite you over to my house or my office. I've got some friends and, you know, we're, you know, and, we, and we're thinking about doing X, Y, Z. And, and maybe you want to be involved. Do you think the guy's making minimum wage has anyone that's, that's inviting him to such a strategy session? No way. You know, no way. So, so it, it, like I said, initially when I got this, I just sort of kind of read it and clicked on it. Then I went back and I'm going like, whoa. But that's life, Leland. You know, that, that is life. So I just say that wherever you are on the spectrum, there's, there's always more. And I'm, I'm going to give an analogy and then I'm going to hush. I have a friend, he's, he's passed now, but I, I had, you know, I have, I had a friend and about 20 years ago, this guy was making, and I would say he was, he's in the wealthy category. He was making a hundred thousand dollars a day. And people say, well, oh, you gotta be kidding. Anyway, he had a yacht. He owned his own business. He had a yacht. He had a plane. And he said to me, he says, Hank, he said, I can afford these, these things in life. He said, but no matter how much money I make, I will never have the largest yacht, nor the largest plane. And that's not an arena that I want to be playing in. So he gave up his yacht and he gave up his plane. I say that to say at every at every rung of the ladder of success, there's a certain competitive nature that that we all are faced with, but we can't let our greed quotient, okay, exceed our capacity to to fulfill whatever that desire is. Absolutely. So, in, so in, in closing, there's, there's a few things I want everyone to take away from this, and especially if anyone's just, uh, just hopping on. Number one, having a network or being able to network with other individuals is very important. Amen. We all have things that we don't know. And what you want to be able to do is to put yourself in the presence or in the room with other people that know more than you do. And be okay with inquiring about that knowledge. There's nothing wrong with asking questions. Okay, that's, no, that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is understand that there's a difference between active income and passive income. Amen. And to truly have that wealth and time freedom, you need both. Now, for again, you know, if Mark Zuckerberg pays himself a salary of one of one dollar, and he lives in Silicon Valley, right, where taxes are, are one of the highest that, that there are in the state in the state of California, could he take a vacation from his company or on behalf of his company take a vacation for a month? Sure, he could do that. And he would still receive his one dollar salary. 
Okay. I'm sorry. It's not funny. I think it's ironic <laughs> that, pe that people don't understand that. That's all. Yeah. And, and um, hey, we're, we're trying to help. If you guys have any questions, please let us know. Put, us in, the, put in the chat. Message us on LinkedIn or Instagram, whatever else. But that's something that's important to know. So African passive income play a, play a, a great role. Number three. Alternative investments, alternative assets is where you want, was where you need to be, period. Now, something that's important to notice between uh, the two gentlemen here on the left, two, the two here on, on the left, is that in addition to all of their other investments, they chose, they understood the importance of the tax, the tax benefits of owning real estate. What you'll notice is that right here is an, another great clue. He mentions, hey, I'm a homeowner and I paid, I have purposely paid off my mortgage. Now we don't know how and when or you know he paid it off, but his mortgage is paid off. What that lets us know though is, and this is what this will and Hank, let me know if I'm wrong. Okay. What most people do in, is that some people use their homes as nest eggs themselves that in the event that something crazy happens they maintain their credit enough to where they're able to then refinance that property their home primarily uh -huh. uh, in, in case they need to inject their business with cash okay another clue is he mentioned so just think about this Many of us are taught, like through Susie Orman and Dave Ramsey, et cetera, et cetera, that if you want to live, you have to survive, basically. In other words, you need to cut out every every single expense that you can, and just you know, if you can live off, of, if you can live off of ramen noodles, um, yeah, bare, bare bones mentality. Bare bones, yeah, then do it, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but here's what's interesting, interesting to me. The food bill, <laughs> the mortgage, et cetera, et cetera. Uh -huh. These things are actually very similar across all four right here. That's correct. So what that lets you know is that as far as the expenditure, the expenses between all four incomes, they're, they're oddly very, very, very similar. Let me show you guys real quick. He says, hey, we spent, we spent around 1200 a month. In, in the grocery bill, right? You go to the next gentleman, he says, hey, when it comes to the groceries, he said, I would say it's, a, it's about 200 a week. Now, 200 a week, two times four basic arithmetic is 800, all right? That means that there's only 400 bucks difference between someone who's, someone who's eating um, based on the income of a quarter of a million versus four times it, four times mm -hmm. their income. If, I, if we go down, down to the third individual, third man right here, he says, hey, we're doing about, about 150 per month at BJ's. Uh -huh. And then, he said, then in addition to that, you know, I would arrange it weekly grocery bill. Our weekly grocery bill is 100 to 125. So you take 150 with, 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 with BJ's, you take 100 times four, which is 400. It basically ends up being the same right here. Uh -huh. Same amount. Okay. What am I getting at? Regardless of how much a person is trying to cut at their expenses, 
right? Whittle away at their expenses to do whatever. All that means nothing if you're not taking that additional money and purchasing an asset. Because the biggest expense that everyone has that has a salary or some type of earned income, your biggest expense is going to be Uncle Sam. And the best way to offset that expense is by owning alternative investments, such mm-hmm. as investment real estate, such as owning, own, having ownership businesses, et cetera, et cetera. When this man gets his income here, because he's a business owner, he writes off so many, he has so many deductions. Mm-hmm. He's, so he's able to keep more of that money. Legal, then, legal deduction. Legally, yeah, legally. Then he lets you know that that they give six percent of their money away to charity, which is which is an additional what, Hank? A deduction. Deduction. It's another tax for that. Okay. Uh-huh. This individual here is a real estate agent. So what does that mean that he is, Hank? He's an employee. Yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah. Yeah, he's self-employed. Some work for a company, but they are probably 1099 guys. So right. yeah, self-employed. Yeah. Okay. He's self-employed. That lets you know that as his, his company earns income, he pays Uncle Sam at the end of the year or the end of the quarter, based on how well he's doing. And then he's still able to have additional deductions mm-hmm. for his for his companies. Yep. Right? Absolutely. That means he's able to keep more money. Because if you think about it, the expenditures for, for, for these guys is not all that different. This man's living in Miami, he's paying two thousand a month for rent. This man's living in Brooklyn, he's paying a thousand dollars a month for, for rent. There's not a huge difference. That's not a huge difference. It's not like one pay, one person's paying ten thousand and then one person one person's paying three thousand. We're talking a thousand dollars difference. There's not much difference here. What's happening is that this individual here, his employee salary or wages before he even ha- gets a hold of it, a third of it is being taken away from taxes. And it's being taken away because he's not able to invest or he's choosing, or he doesn't know to invest mm-hmm. in assets. And okay? the operative word you was no. He does not know. K-N-O-W, no. no. Because, but, mm-hmm. go ahead buddy, I'll, talk, I'll, say this. I'll say this, go ahead. But, but those who are listening, you now know that if you choose to invest in assets, it's going to lower your tax liability that will allow you to earn more money uh, over time. And it's and it becomes a great snowball effect over and over and over again. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, what were you gonna say? I, I was going my, my dad, my dad had a third grade education, but he was brilliant. He was he was uneducated, but highly intelligent. And he says, son, if you know better you should do better. And because we are educating people, we're informing people, we're saying that the doors of opportunity are there. They are unlocked. All you have to do is knock, turn the knob and walk in. But when you walk in, you need to walk in with an understanding of, hey, out of the shoot, I want to make a million dollars. No, you just want to do better, create a plan. Okay, and then and then stick to the plan. And as you start to receive a certain amount of success with that plan, you can modify the plan. Okay. But if you can't like like the like the like the seven dollar guy, he didn't have a budget. 
Okay. That's, that's what need is that to have a budget because it'll be blown every week. You know, so, so Leela, I, oh, man, I wish when I was your age, I knew what I know now. But because I consider myself somewhat a late bloomer, I hitched my wagon to an early riser and I'm blessed behind the process. Amen to that, sir. Amen to that. Let me let me say this for you guys real quick. And please hear me out. This Thursday, we're having a live event. You guys can come and ask any questions. And I thought about changing the title of this, of this event, Hank, from um, investing in foreclosures to how anyone can stop the how you how you can play your role in stopping the the foreclosure tsunami, right? Something along those lines. Because what's what's going to happen later on this year is the people that are on the left-hand side of this article, they'll be able to do things like pass a trust over or assign assign the trustees to someone else uh -huh. uh, of a property. Uh, they'll be able to walk away from the, from the business, allow, allow the business to get it foreclosed on and walk away unscathed. Um, whereas the people on the right-hand side of this of this article because they don't have this knowledge and, they, and they're not using these tools properly, they're going to be the ones that are in that are in need of other investors like yourself and I to give them options and opportunities to get out of their situation. The gentleman that, that earns $53,000 a year, he's following instructions that he was told was the path to freedom. Uh -huh. He was told that he should put his money into the 401k. He's told that he should purchase a property. Or he was told, he was told that he, he should purchase a home to live in, right? The other gentlemen, the other two gentlemen, they're looking at this from the mindset of having a trust, having an asset, having income producing assets. So the foreclosure tsunami is not, they're, they're, they're not, those guys are, are going to be on the shores. Matter of fact, matter of fact, those guys will be on, will be, will be on mountaintops. The people that are in need of your help, and this is a way for you to help someone while, it also, while you're also helping yourself, okay? They're in need of information. They don't know there are options available. And this is the perfect timing, perfect opportunity for anyone who is listening right now to be that beacon of hope for someone else. And so in the live event on Thursday, we're going to walk you all through that process. We're going to show you how to find these, these individuals, how to help them, how to position yourself correctly uh -huh. so that it's a win-win scenario for, for them and also for you. You're going to be able to save someone from foreclosure. You're also you're also in the same 
uh, method going to be able to grow your assets mm -hmm. so that you can have tax deductions, so you can earn more, earn more money. And so we're having that uh, this Thursday. So with that being said, we appreciate it. Hank, any, any closing statements be, be, before we log out? <clears throat> uh, excuse me. Um, I the only the only thing, and, and we've talked about mindset a couple times. And a lot of times, people think about ability or or know how, or we talk about if only. So all of the excuses that we have, that, that have guided our life to this point will start to dissipate, will go out the window. So a question that I will ask, um, ask the audience, um, I think the, the life expectancy for the average American is late, I mean, the late 70s, like 78 to 84. So whatever your age is right now, right now, whatever that age is, until age 84 or 85 plus, my question to you is simple. It's a two-part question. Do you want to continue to live the way that you're living? Or do you want to change that and have a better life for yourself and your family? And if, if you want a better life, then you need to change something and we can help you to do that. That's it. We'll see you guys on, on a live event. Talk to you soon. Hey, what's up, guys? Leland Baptist here. And I wanted to give you guys an awesome, awesome opportunity. So if you are a business owner, if you're an investor, and guess what you're going to need? You're going to need a bank account to house all that money, right? Passive income and active income. So if you're looking for a bank account, one of my suggestions is for you to look at North One Bank. North One Bank is a virtual online bank account. I know you were thinking, I thought about it too, like, man, how am I going to initiate wires? Well, you do it literally from your home. No more going to the bank and having to sign off as you transfer money from one area to the other, or you wire things from one company to the other, right? All you have to do is go to lelandbaptist.com slash north one. That's lelandbaptist.com forward slash north, N-O-R-T-H, one, O-N-E. Set up your free account, and because you use that special link, you are going to get $75 when you open your account. They're literally going to pay you for that. Now, what's great about North One is that you can utilize it anywhere. It's virtual banking, and there's no issues, uh, no additional fees necessary. So if you're a business owner or you're looking to open up another account for your business or for your investment accounts, try it out. Go to lelandbaptist.com forward slash North One. You'll be happy that you're there.